This is Geetika Ki Canadian Diary, a platform where we discuss issues that matter to you and me, all of us. Some of these issues do not have a geographical boundary on a map. These issues are on everyone's mind in every culture, every religion and country. One such issue that needs all of us to work towards a positive change, work as a team, is keeping our girls, women safe and free to do whatever they want in their lifetime. We have someone very special as a guest today to talk about this topic. Asma Mahmood is born in Pakistan, has been privileged to work in many countries getting various perspectives on various topics, some challenging and thought-provoking, has raised three wonderful girls in Canada and has carved a special niche for herself in the Canadian arts community. She is a visual artist, artistic director, Mosaic Festival, Canadian Community Arts Initiative, Misaf Film Festival, Mosaic Sounds, Rock the Coliseum. Welcome, Asma Mehmood. Thank you. Thank you, Gitika. So lovely to uh, be with you as a guest once again after many, many years. I remember your program on Omni used to be one of our favorite shows. And uh, uh, we absolutely loved you then as well. Oh, thanks, Asma. Um, my very first question to you is, take us back in time. How was it growing up as a girl in Pakistan? Um, the family was, uh, my father is a military man. Uh, and uh, we came from a very large family of uncles and aunts, my mom, mother's side, my father's side. Uh, and uh, we loved meeting uh, both sides of the family. Uh, it was a very happy uh, childhood. Uh, not really very different. Uh, in those days, military, Pakistan military did not have the kind of facilities and, and privileged brats that we have today. Uh, life was very much, you know, very practical. Um, the good point of being in uh, being a military bra- military kid was that we moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, all our stuff used to be. I, I remember the moving. The truck would come. All first, all the plants would go in my mother's prized possessions, and then <laughs> all the furniture. And there will be people packing up. You know, one day you go to school. Next day you come ho- home from school, and your whole house is packed, and you get put in the car and you go to another town and next day you wake up the whole house is set up again because there used to be so much help and they would come and fix everything and so on and so forth so it was a very uh, nice adventurous um, playing outside um, type of uh, childhood my father was an engineer in army so he had access to a lot of uh, uh, things which ordinary army people did not have access to for example on our birthdays a regular feature was showing uh, you know disney movies uh, on and cartoon movies on uh, the white sheet which was hung and everybody after the cake was cut and food eaten you'd sit down and watch those uh, animated cartoons and that was the highlight of our uh, existence at that time all children all friends from that uh, time period remember those uh, uh, interesting uh, videos and those birthday parties that is so interesting so you <laughs> had a privileged childhood that is a blessing absolutely. Um, absolutely. but growing up as a girl how were the other girls feeling about being 
Geetika, Pakistan was a very progressive country when I was growing up. Um, mm. I remember there was a lot of music, culture, uh, art uh, around us all the time. My father was a, was a great photographer. He loved photography. Uh, he had um, and he was a, very supportive of uh, uh, women's education and emancipation. I, I learned so much from him in terms of um of uh you know finding uh, empowerment and going out and talking to people and uh, our parents loved putting us on uh, you know uh, taking us everywhere with them first thing second thing they would uh, make us talk to adults you know they would say tell them what you're doing how you're feeling and abu was very good with that uh, i think that gave us a lot of confidence at the yeah. very young age to communicate with the adults uh, today children don't even come out of their rooms uh, let alone talk to adults which is a great <laughs> disservice to their intelligence as well as the growth process you were not in pakistan for a little bit when you were growing up as a young child and then you went away No, no, no. That was when I got married. I got married <laughs> and I left Pakistan. I was just 21 years old at that time. Uh and uh, we moved to Latin America and we stayed there for 6-7 years and then we came back to Pakistan in 91. And uh, the, from then uh, I stayed in Pakistan till 99 and then in 99 we moved to Canada. So as not being outside Pakistan Uh, yes. generally people have uh, an impression that uh, when you are a girl from day one it's like oh my god ladki ho gayi hai ghar pe was that the feeling ever in the family or uh, amongst your friends not you my father's that? side family no no never in my parents house we never got that feeling when as a matter of fact there's a joke that when i was born my father said uh, went and ordered uh, laddus uh, you know for uh, and uh, took them to his unit and they said mubarak ko ji beta hua hai unhone my father said nahi i have a daughter he said ye yeah. who uh, the the guy came to him and says who gives laddu for the daughter's <laughs> birth you know so he my father said oh my god you have no idea how special she is for me and for me my daughter is everything uh, so uh, you know this this kind of attitude uh, 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 he was very open about our education I said I remember so well when I was about uh, 17 years old um I was diagnosed with epilepsy very uh, at, at a very early age so uh, one day uh, and and you know those rishtas uh, start coming to you and mm-hmm. my mother said to me uh, <clears throat> and then you know my parents would tell them that she is epileptic so one mm-hmm. day my father called me to his office and he says <clears throat> you know you don't have to worry about anything you don't have to get married really you can work with me marriage is not everything i mean oh. hearing that from a man in pakistan yeah it was absolutely thrilling you know but um but the fact was that i did want to get married i wanted to get married because that was the only way of getting out of the system you know otherwise you keep getting people coming over the rishtabazis the aunties coming in and checking you out and i felt extremely uncomfortable on that score and mm-hmm. arshad was somebody that i knew for a long time and i thought you know i i was very practical look at me i was 21 years old and i was thinking about, about 
uh, and I told him that I was like, you know, when he proposed to me, I said, you know, I don't love you. Um, so he said, uh, it's okay. I love you enough for both of us. And, uh, you know, that kind of uh, made me realize that you don't know what love is at that age. You know, love is, uh, we use the word too many times without realizing what it means. You don't love another person just because, you know, you are with that person and all. It's a slow process. It it seeps into you like gentle rain, you know, and then there one day something happens and you suddenly realize that, you know, you love this person and you realize what that love is. You know? So so that kind of uh, uh, that's a part of a growth process. We don't give ourselves time to grow. We jump into relationships. We jump into um, into thinking um, the, the, that our feelings are supposed to go under a certain heading. They don't need to, you know. The, 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 you can be friends for some times. Later, start growing as as you know whatever you want to call it, and then you know stage comes when you find that you uh, you have uh, a feeling where you want to do everything for that person and anything for that person and that's most probably where you know you realize that you love that person or something happens you know and you feel that you know that you might lose that person and and you suddenly realize you can't afford to you just can't live without per- that person that is i think where you get that realization and that came to me after f- four years of marriage. <laughs> You're kind of talking about, you know, Bollywood movies that we grew up watching. That yeah. And then you get to not know that person, you fall in love eventually. Um, yeah. But we live in a very different world. You fall mm-hmm. in love first and then you marry. And sometimes that may not work out as well. Exactly. Because you see, we don't understand affection. We uh, count as love. Um, respect we count as oh I can uh, you know we don't even count respect in that relationship although that is one of the most important things in any relationship whether it's your marriage or it's your uh, you know friendship anything the respect mutual respect is I think the cornerstone of all relationships and uh, um, we don't give it a chance to uh, happen uh, you know, and that comes when you talk to each other without any agenda. Yep, being open to each other, keeping the conversation line open all the time. Exactly. I think to not just one relationship, but to all relationships everywhere, even at workplace. If you don't talk and you just keep yeah. kind of figuring out, oh, this person doesn't seem to be working with me or whatever. You know, so my I father gave yeah, my father gave me so much confidence that I I find in Pakistan girls are so exposed. They are poor things are so exposed. They are game for anybody. Okay, the brothers except for their brothers and fathers, anybody can encroach on them. You know, okay, uncles, <laughs> we know all the uncles, but mm-hmm. no cousins. I find that that is one of the one of the most horrible aspect of. Pakistani family system where cousins are allowed to marry cousins. The relationships of cousins should be that of brother and sister. It should be a relationship where people are growing up together, having fun together, playing together, putting rakhis on each other, making sure that you are looking after your cousin sisters and your cousin brothers, celebrating their lives and their achievements and their marriages. 
without the fear of having to put up a show to uh um, to to make yourself you know appealing or or something or the other you know that our girls don't grow with, up with that sense of ease with men because like you said it very they're always out to get them you know so so has, that i think has it changed asma no unfortunately what has happened is pakistan is one of those countries let me give you the stats almost uh, 70% of marriages in pakistan are all within cousins and relatives why uh, is that happening even property, though property property honey property it's about property so that the property won't get you see islam gives rights to women uh, in property it's plain and simple uh, your father's uh, half goes to the son uh, one third goes to the daughter one fifth goes to the wife uh, and uh, you know so on and so forth so quran has given all those directions right there so what happens is people misuse it they say oh if she is going to get one uh, third then that means that property will have to be split uh, so might as well get her married to the first cousin so that the whole property remains in the family Right. So, unfortunately, these uh, rules, uh, these uh, man-made rules, uh, have become so uh, uh, so degenerated. Uh, they've, they've, they've degenerated God's rules that we think of from Quran, and uh, they play uh, these games with all these uh, these uh, um, these kind of. All people do that, but because I'm a Muslim, so I know that. how they misuse quran misread quran and misinterpret everything and that is one of the biggest reasons for these even though quran very clearly says expand your clan marry outside as well bring wives from other tribes our prophet did that our prophet married you see in those times without being judgmental we we will never use presentism in history um so in those times people used to marry many women and the biggest reason was because there were so many wars there were so many women who did not have anybody to support them so men used to marry many women so the prophet married women from all strata of society he had a jewish wife he had a wife who was widowed before he was he had a wife who left her husband didn't want to leave with him and he married her and she was uh, the wife of his um his um, adoptive son you know so just so that he uh, wanted to break the mold of the adoption being a real thing uh, as a as you know a blood relationship so these kind of things uh, did affect uh, the society uh, it gave people a idea that they can marry you know or, or from all these different groups and uh, and move on so uh coming back to pakistan and these intermarriages now the biggest reason that these marriages are still going on is our tv dra- dramas they are absolutely atrocious mm-hmm. and you find all the girls you know um uh, in those dramas uh, towing the same line the same hard heartbreaking uh, stories of uh, uh cousin marriages uh, and inter uh, family politics uh, it's disgusting it is actually such an important point asma you brought that whatever we watch on television you know it impacts us at a very young age that's how we perceive life that's how we think things are going to happen right 
because it's on the screen it, it has lots of uh, interesting components that kind of also make us wonder and curiosity arises but anyway talking about larger social issues when there's a big social issue we often say we have to bring the change at the grassroots level do you see when you go back i know that you go back home all the time is mm-hmm. there anything happening at the school system where uh, girls boys are being taught what happens when you marry cousins or when you disrespect women in your life like what kind of uh, civics lesson or what kind of medical i tell you something science? there is a very interesting story there was a king and uh, he got angry at one of his wazirs one day and he says now you have a choice either you eat 100 onions or you get 100 lashes what do you want you choose your punishment and he thought uh, the wazir thought and he said oh i'll have the onions so he started eating onion after three onions the guy started i mean his eyes were watering and he was feeling terrible so he said no 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 i'll take the lashes So after three lashes, he was like, "Oh no, no, no! I think I'll take the onions." So he ate three hundred onions and had hundred lashes as well. You know, so this is the story to tell you what Pakistani education system is like. Uh, the first thing is we are the products of public school system. Pakistan had a very strong public school system, mm-hmm. um, in which there were military schools, there were. government established public schools the universities were public uh, everything was public there were some uh, christian schools even they were public christian schools uh, you know uh, the uh, we uh, the institutions which we called private were not never private they were actually very privileged the competition was very high for them Mm-hmm. and they would accept everybody there was no limit the my, they, it wasn't expensive to get into that it was just you needed to be very privileged to get into the, those high, big families had their children in those schools from uh, you know like hsn college and all but in uh, somewhere in 1970s bhutto changed the policy and allowed for public schools to start and in 1980 80s the the first public school systems by beacon house university uh, beacon house were started mm-hmm. after that the public school education just went downhill as a result what has happened now is that we have a very clear class distinction in education mm-hmm. all the rich kids go to private schools uh, all the poor kids go to public school when i was studying in public school the minister of agriculture's daughter was my class fellow and the chaprasi of our principal's daughter was also my class fellow so there was no class distinction we grew up knowing all the different challenges in life ask the children in these private schools what is the life like outside and they have no bloody clue and the reason is that we have very clearly demarked now that education is now a privilege same as with medical system we grew up with public health systems there were uh, always these uh, cmh and the national health institutions and so on and then the private healthcare started and it absolutely destroyed the public health system so uh, in pakistan uh, what has happened is that because of the private uh, uh, private education and private healthcare uh, the 
class division has increased it has now become very polarized country and because of that the opportunities which poor girls used to get of getting education in public schools has really diminished the standard of education has gone down tremendously not only the schools i'm talking i'm talking about universities as well because naturally when you have in pakistan just punjab university produces 55000 i i think now it's even more uh, students per year our average growth rate a average woman bears 3.8 children uh, you know every pakistani woman india's birth rate is 2.1 every woman bangladesh is even lower than that you know yes. so the, the, you are looking at a, a terrible crisis both in terms of uh, birth control because birth control i remember very clearly when i was young there used to be birth control teams going house to house uh, advising women how to take birth control how to do this and it's all these religious mafia that we have in the form of our are you know zayal haks times and all who have uh, 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 strongly objected to birth control practices that so now that even you can't even get condoms in in shops easily you know so, so trying to say that as we are progressing outside in the whole yes. world yeah we are regressing because in uh, pakistan the things are getting worse and worse Is that what you're trying Naturally, to say? You see, we, we, we look at only those success stories that we see all around us. We don't <laughs> see that we have literally taken the rung out of under the feet of uh, millions of children. First thing who are not going to school because mm-hmm. they are in the labor market. Mm-hmm. And second thing, the girls are not getting that education that they used to receive when the public schools were the norm. You know, the quality of education. So now what has happened is that the infusion of religion into everything has made our children learn uh, less about technical aspects how learning takes place how to absorb things it has become more about dumping knowledge on their heads without realizing that the skill development is a more important uh, practice than anything else I do not see very bright future for women in Pakistan because they are not being treated neither by the media nor by the uh, system nor by the clergy uh, uh at, you know nowhere are they getting fair treatment you know the uh, and, and and you will see the results in another 10 years you will find that Pakistan which really does did not have any uh, poverty markers uh, in place because they were it wasn't widespread poverty will have those those poverty markers in place within these next 5 to 10 years and it will become a very impoverished nation unfortunately asma you have uh, grown up in a privileged family you said your father was your best and um, loudest cheerleader yes you have raised three wonderful people amazing girls in canada So as a team I I can't even imagine I'm getting just excited in my heart thinking about it and visualizing as a mother and those three uh, smart brilliant and kind-hearted three girls when you guys sit together 
are there any plans or any ideas that come up and say you know what this is what needs to be done back home yeah. this is what the girls need to be done for them yeah i i tell you something um uh, the, the, the three ladies that um, are my daughters are are uh, me and arshad uh, enjoyed having them we loved having those kids i i'm telling you uh, uh, i think uh, we learned a lot of things with them uh, of course mm-hmm. no parent comes equipped but what wise thing that we did was we did not have children immediately after our marriage mm-hmm. we took our time we needed to grow up as people uh, we needed to learn each other about each other we yeah. need to know how life is lived and mm-hmm. so on and so forth so we did not have children right away mm-hmm. i uh, i had my twins when i was 25 years old mm-hmm. uh, so that gave us a very good area of you know uh, knowing what what we want to do how we want to raise our daughters mm-hmm. i'm also very fortunate that my daughters were raised in the time of when there was no social media you know uh, twins are now 35 years old zanab is now 29 going to be 29 in december so there was no social media as a result we were spared the the anxieties and the horror of social media uh, uh, um which has uh, you know played havoc with our children nowadays yeah so, i'm actually talking about that i'm actually yeah. being a teacher who's going to talk about all of this happening absolutely <laughs> Yeah, social media comes with its own pros and cons. Uh the children because uh, they were raised without the evil influences of uh, social media, uh me and Arshad were very clear that if we want our children to um read books, then we should be the readers as well. So it was a tradition, you know, I would read to my kid kids at night whether they there were the religious stories from Qasasul Anbiya or you know the other story uh, uh stories. Uh children uh i was not working i gave all my time to the kids so it was the uh, and i had lot of help because they were born in bogota so children grew up loving good music reading to each other um uh, walking um they would take their father his evening tea to his office you know that kind of thing I really enjoyed that time with my kids. I was under no in no rush, you know, and I find that I it was such a good lucky thing for me that I did that that way. Um then uh, same with Zana when Zana was born, uh, I was uh, Zana was born 6 years after twins were born. And and basically Zana was born because uh, I did not have a son and till you don't have a son your uterus is supposed to be constantly working so <laughs> i think <laughs> sorry that's just a message in our society not in others <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and but when zanab was born after that we said uh, you know what <laughs> thank you very much but no thanks um, the pressure was tremendous from my fa- uh, from my uh, in-laws my mother in law was really a huge fan of uh, you know boys in family and uh, and we realized that uh, the pressure will not go away it only went away when uh, you know i think when her own daughter only had daughters so then you know the pressure went away but uh, uh, but really children growing uh, having children getting them to grow up in the times when they did was a very easy breezy thing 
I had challenges. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I had challenges when they were 16 or 15 years old um right here in Canada uh, which are which now I realize were not such a great challenge as challenges that I see parents having nowadays you know I I feel pity towards those parents and uh, towards those young people as well because their lives are very difficult Uh, I'm sure this... pandemic hasn't helped as well like so No 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 literally I've got friends yeah I've got friends who tell me that my children cannot communicate they cannot even communicate with other children which is quite ridiculous <laughs> So um so yeah and and uh, um you see there is no one fixed formula of growing up growing up is hard as it is as it um, is right uh, you know and and when you are exposed to so many influences and uh, uh, affects then definitely the challenges become even more yes asma my last parting question with you will be what is your message to girls back home in pakistan and in canada i know you call mrs sagar as your home absolutely um take charge of your lives um learn skills uh learn languages uh marriage is not the ultimate goal marriage is along the way you will get married one day do not get married to uh, uh to just getting married you know uh there is no big insult bigger insult to your intelligence uh when you uh decide that you want a coward's way out and and uh, don't stand up for yourself um do not un- uh, uh, you know do not insult other women do not uh put them in positions of compromise we women have to look out for other women and uh, uh to young women i say uh, you don't be in a rush to become a mother first become a wife become a friend um and uh, uh, then think about what the childbirth is has in store for you can you give that child enough time can you look up af- look after that child as a mother should uh you know get all those things in line first do take time out to discuss family with your future husband talk to him what he wants tell him what you want you know because these discussions are very important uh practical way of looking at life is the best way you will have um, and and teach your mother as well you know we i used to have great disdain for my mother because i thought she was a very weak woman i love her now i cherish her now I am grateful for the patience that she taught me uh, which I did not have early on uh and so so empower your mothers if they are not empowered empower your sisters if they are not empowered empower remember that the owners of of having a family running a family and making it a successful family is not just on a man it's equally on a woman and it's just not only on a woman it's equally on a man 
So, I love that message, Asma. It, it's a beautiful message that while you're growing yourself as a person, impacting your next generation, also be kind and thoughtful about those who raised you. They had different circumstances, you're right. Uh, and what they did or uh, behaved like, that's how they were raised. So exactly. we all in our own generations have a chance to improve and forgive and learn. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Asma, for your time. Loved talking to you. Geetika, it was my pleasure. And thank you for uh, indulging me uh, and uh, getting me to talk about things which I feel very deeply about. Uh, my art practice has a lot of re- resonance of this as well. And uh, I wish you all the best and uh, look forward to talking to you more later on. Thank you so much, Asma. You have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye, sweetheart.